This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker-Geist, and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process in discussions between the authors, narrators, producers, and post-production teams that bring them all together, as well as guests who have listened to the audiobooks and have questions for the creative teams. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hi, everyone. I am really excited today. I have one of my favorite people with me, uh, Jeffrey Samarano. He's that tech guy that you really want to have in your back pocket. He helps coaches and course creators reclaim their leisure time by connecting disparate technologies together through automated processes. So he can help any entrepreneur that includes authors bust through that tech barrier of creating that launch lifestyle that has your business running on autopilot. His expertise is in demystifying the world of confusing technology and choosing the right technology without needing to take out another loan. (laughs) So thank you, Jeffrey, so much for being with me today. Oh, Becky, it's so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start off in sort of a general way. I also want to say, you know, Jeffrey has been my web developer for many years now, and it's just always a delight. And I so appreciate having somebody who can take on all the tasks, all the pieces that I'm not able to or don't have time to manage on our own. So thank you for that. It's been my pleasure. So in terms of author websites, you know, because we're we're mostly folks in the uh, indie publishing world here. And when you go to a website and this I'm just I'm going to generalize it a little bit so it may be beyond just an author website. But when you go to a, mm-hmm. a website and when you I want to know what are those first big uh-ohs that <laughs> that you see, you know, when you get to a site and you go, "Oh no, something's really going wrong here." Could you give us some of those top things that you see that are not helping that person with their website? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the main things I look for right off the bat, like as soon as the page loads, I want to know what's in it for me. And oftentimes I'll see that the website is talking about themselves, what they do. And oftentimes it's not geared towards, it's not enough of what they're going to do for me, the audience, right? And even if it's for a book or whatever, like if you're selling a fiction book, tell me how I'm going to escape my world. If you're tell if you're selling a non-fiction book, tell me how I'm going to benefit from what advice you're giving in the book, right? Like right off the bat, the very first thing you need to do is tell people how they're going to benefit 
from continuing to read this this website and and ultimately your book, right? The next thing I look for is if there's a solid call to action. And by and large, these are vacant among many websites. And, And people don't realize that they won't take action unless they're told to do so or asked to do so, invited to do so, right? And I think that's such a big, big thing. If we're not saying you can click this button and buy right now, you can escape your reality right now. You can change your life right now by clicking this book, clicking this link, buying the book and using it. Like that is the clearest message you can send to your audience. And and a lot of people fail to do that. And I I just want to, you know, when you say to your audience, This is just a moment to highlight, you know, it's so important to know who your audience is, that your audience is not everybody. Nobody's audience Mm -hmm. is everybody, right? But really understanding who they are so that when you're you're explaining or when you're expressing, is probably a better way, what's in it for them, the only way you're going to know is if you know who they are. That's 100%. And really, that's what crafts that message. Across everything, your marketing message, your website message, that that initial loading message, that's what really drives that is if you know who you're talking to, chances are you know what to say, right? Are you talking to single mothers? Are you talking to kids? Are you talking to older adults? Like if you know that, you're going to cater your message in a different way for each of those groups. Right. Even, Even right down to what are the specific words that they use. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. If we're talking about millennials talk way different. Than, oh, than yeah. <laughs> us yeah. grownups. <laughs> and if you're, uh, you know, if you're talking about boating and, you know, I think about, you know, there's there's a difference between those who like to go canoeing, motorboating, mm-hmm. yachting, kayaking. You know, if you're actually yeah. using the words that they're using so that you're really honing in on who they are, much easier to relate and know that you're speaking to that audience. I, I guarantee the sailboat community is way different than the yacht yeah. community. And you would definitely have different messages for those audiences. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And so the what's in it for me, and then that the call to action. Any other things that, that are those immediate O's for you at the front end? I got, I got definitely okay. one more that I see quite a lot. And, and that is being... Verbose. Talking and talking. No one is going to read. If you, if you open your website and you scroll down and there are more text than pictures, you got to change yeah. something. You got to change something because no one wants to scroll and read all of a, lo- a lot of text. If it, if it looks like a paragraph, it's too right. long. Mm-hmm. That's a right? real challenge for and, some and of us e- writers. <laughs> <laughs> Know your audience. (laughs) Yes, it is. For all of you writers out there, stop (laughs) writing on your website. (laughs) Yes, learning how to be really succinct and focusing in on those, you know, the what's in it for me, right? It is. And and here's the thing. A lot of that can just be mitigated with content design. And that's a big part of what I do is content design. So if you come at me with like a, a white paper or like a, you know, a two-page Word document that's single-spaced and 12-point font, what I'm going to do is I'm going to like take out bits and pieces 
and just pair it next to a nice image mm-hmm. that represents it. And that's going to be a long ass page, but <laughs> <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be readable. It's going to flow. It's going to keep the eye moving. And that's kind of what it's all about. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of all the text. Mm-hmm. It just means construct it in such a way where it's easily ingestible with little teeny bite-sized chunks and beautiful right. imagery. Great. Okay. So those are some of the top uh-ohs when you, when you take a look at, at a website at, on the front side. Now, if you go into a, a website, you know, where you're actually like looking at content on the, on the back end of a website, what are some of the, the uh, things that you're seeing there that are either more uh-ohs or missed opportunities? Uh, things that are, you know, where it's just like, ah, oh, if you just did this thing, what is Yeah. How deep do we want to go on this topic? <laughs> um, and, and to be clear, I, I primarily work with WordPress websites. So if you're running a Wix or Weebly Squarespace, I, I don't got much advice for you other than to move to WordPress, but I'm yeah. biased. So, <laughs> so w- one of the things I see is either not using Yoast SEO or some SEO plugin or either not using it or using it poorly. And I say that with a grain of salt because, you know, how do you use an SEO plugin optimally? It's kind of a hard nut to crack, but SEO is a deep, deep, deep rabbit hole. And at a bare minimum, you should be putting the meta description in the you know, field that those plugins provide. And just to make sure everyone knows what you're referring to there, it's like if you go to Google (laughs) and you Google something, that meta description is what people read when they see your your little chunk of Google space pop up, right? So if you're ranked third or something, you look three down and that little description and link and stuff, that's what people, that's what you're able to cater to Google to say, please show this short message to people when they're searching. And that's huge because if you don't do that, and I, I'm most familiar with Yoast, but most SEO plugins work this way, where they're going to try and approximate content if you don't Mm -hmm. fill it in, right? So if you start a page with your life story, it's going to just start out, you know, back when I was seven years old, I did this cool thing. And, and, you know, if somebody's searching for something and they get a search result and it starts out with this kind of ambiguous messaging, because it's going to truncate, you know, hundred or it's like literally 25 to 70 words. I forget what it is. It's it's short. short. It's really short. So you've got just a really short amount of text to say, this is what this page is about and you should click into it. Right, right. Right. So again, the plugin is just going to try and grab the text and truncate it, right? It's giving you something. So what I would recommend is be intentional about it Find the field where you get to edit it yourself and edit it so that it's very, very clear. If somebody's scrolling down the the search results, they come across your your link and it says, you know, check out this great book, Escape into a New World. Check it out right now. Like, okay, I, you know, now I now I'm understanding right, what it is. Yeah. So that again is the meta description. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. What else do you see in back there? 
Okay, so under the, the hood, under the hood, if we <laughs> lift the hood and we check things out, one of the other things I see commonly, and this kind of opens a bag of worms, but it, it's it's definitely plug-in bloat where <laughs> they have two or three plugins that all do the same thing, or they have a theme that doesn't have the functionality they need. So they fill that gap with a plugin. And a lot of what I handle for my clients on the website of things is to get them into a proper theme that's robust, has a great bells and whistles, great optimization. And you cut back on a lot of those plugins. I see plugins for parallax scrolling, plugins for pop-ups and modal windows and you know, things that should be kind of, and sliders, sliders, a big one, like my personal opinion, you should not be using many sliders, at least not above the fold. But, you know, they're trying to, they, they either have a theme that doesn't handle it. So they have to patch it and make it work with a plugin, or they do have a theme that does it and they don't know it does it. So they do their little research and say, how do I get this going? And that research inevitably leads them to a plugin that'll do it. And they're saying, great, I'll just get that plugin and I can do it without realizing their theme already yeah. does it. It's built right in, but they didn't know it. So what happens right? when, the, you know, when you get that sort of plugin bloat uh, <laughs> or, you know, or you're starting to add in all these extra pieces, what happens, you know, does that affect their functionality or what? Hugely, hugely. Every plugin, whether active or not, WordPress needs to process. And so you're just you're just killing the page load speed. On both the front end and the back end, it's it's cutting down time, it's loading slow where 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 you're mm-hmm. editing it and it's on the front end of things, it's having to process all of those different plugins cuz each plugin is kind of coming to the table how do I say this? It's coming to the table with its own scripts, its own set of functions, its own set of instructions. So WordPress, in its great wisdom, is really trying to cut down on what needs to be loaded. That's why a lot of really good theme developers package into their theme rules so that if something isn't loaded, needed on a page, the asset isn't loaded. But if you come to the t- table saying, I'm just going to put a plugin, put this functionality in with a plugin, then you're bypassing that geniusness of the theme. And again, depends right. on the theme. <laughs> but <laughs> if that's baked in yeah. there, if that's built in there, but you're, you're essentially bypassing it and you're just saying, well, load this and load that and load this and load this, whether you not need right. it or not. Right. And that that's just, it's killer for your your page yeah. load speed. Yeah, I think we've probably all had that experience of, you know, you click on a page and you're waiting and then you say, forget it. Yep. <laughs> it's taking too long. Yep. You get him. And I will say this, that that is the number one determining factor of conversions. Wow. Is page load wow. speed. The number one. That's amazing. Yep. Take a beautiful page that loads slow or a ugly page that loads fast, the ugly page wins every time. Okay. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. All right. And what about things like, um, you know, 
titles, headlines, you know, things like that. As we're working in Word documents, we we authors, you know, we'll we'll sometimes we'll um, <laughs> you know, if we're we might rather than using a style thing, we might just you know increase the size of the font and let it be paragraph. Yes, you, know? be, you, you, you raise a good point. You raise a good point. Page structure matters, especially. Okay, here's for people who like to write. I recommend for anyone who likes to write, start a blog, have a blog on your website. And this is where this, this comes into play. When you're structuring your content and you have an organized hierarchy of information, page titles are always heading one. And they're the, they should be the only heading one tag on the page. Now that saying if everything's important nothing's right. important yeah right if if you're using h1 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 this is all h1 heading tags because you like the size uh-huh. of it then google says hey cool nothing's important on your mm-hmm. page nothing at all yeah. okay yeah. i'll move on it's not so i just want right? to and like at just a point you know because some some people are visually impaired they they want large print <laughs> this is not the moment right to be making yes. it bigger so that it looks it makes you happy in that way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and here, regardless of font size or font style, it's about the HTML structure of the page. So, it, I mean, it, it very well, you can make small main titles. You can make large paragraph text. You, you can do that for sure with the help of some CSS and coding, yeah. you know. But it comes down to when all of the styles go away, what do search engines mm-hmm. see? And they see the page structure, the HTML structure. So then they're looking at, okay, I'm looking for an H1 tag. What is that? Okay, this title. I'm going to assume this page is about this right. title. Now, I'm going to look further down. Do I see H2s? Yes, I do. Okay, this must be a subheading or subrelated system of the H1 tag, right? And so forth and so forth for H2, H3, H4, right. H5, and paragraph right. tag. So tag. we as authors really should be thinking about those as maybe like our outline. Exactly. Because Precisely. That, will, Precisely. that will help those search engines because they don't yep. know any better unless we tell them. we have to tell them they're only as smart as the information we give them that's for sure all right great well before i go on are there any other things you know sort of big things that that uh that come up for you yes i would say that if you don't have google analytics connected and the facebook pixel connected do it now Mm -hmm. right do it now before you need it there's a lot of data to be collected Far before you start marketing. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you put in your codes when you start marketing, it's too late. It also won't give you that information about when you do something, whether it's had any effect or not. It's like then you can exactly. shoot in the dark, right? Exactly. Throwing spaghetti at the wall. Right. <laughs> how, you know, how do you create a baseline when you've got nothing right. to work off? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. There is nothing like a great book to transport you to new worlds. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working on projects that transport the listener. 
we pay attention to the details, like making sure we have actors that can clearly differentiate the character voices, making for a great listening experience. If you have a book that you would like to get into audio, and you're looking for a team with a personalized approach, Pro Audio Voices might be just the right fit. Come visit us at ProAudioVoices.com. So you touched briefly on a couple things that I think are related. One was about themes, you know, and and certainly I know from my experience in working with you is that, man, there are gazillion themes out there. So having someone to help you figure out, like, what are the pieces that somebody might want to, let's say that that someone was going to come to you and and, um, ask for your help in selecting a theme. Right. Mm-hmm. What might they need to identify as, oh, I want this thing. I want the, you know, it needs to be able to do this or this or this. What are the sort of the general, you know, like, are they going to be selling from their website or, you know, what are the big things they would put on their list for you? Whether or not it is content driven design versus maybe something like product driven okay. design. And what I mean by that is, Content-driven design is something like you would see a a news website is content-driven design, meaning that what's important in that website is category organization, clarity of titles, use of imagery, properly optimized thumbnails. What's the other one? The ability, this is a kind of a bonus, is the ability to display posts in multiple categories, output multiple categories on a single page, but not have them duplicate the post. That's Mm. a tricky one. So for example, you might have like four different categories and a few of these posts kind of overlap those categories. And then if you made like a homepage, like, you know, CNN homepage or news homepage, they've got all of these different categories displayed. Well, some themes have the ability to say, well, I'm going to prioritize certain categories so that as you're looking down the page, you don't see a bunch of repeated posts. That's kind of a big one. And that, that, you know, based on whether it's content, content design or product design, product design is, is more about you've just got something to sell or you have a singular message. Blogging may not be your ultimate mm-hmm. goal. And whether you're blogging or not, these are just the two different kind of modes of design I look for, right? Right. You could be a prolific blogger, but what you're, what's most important to you is selling this one thing, like right? Right. Right. Selling the book. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I would say product design is the next one. And that's where you really want editability to be top priority. You want to be able to, shift things around, take things out, add things in, move things around, edit quickly, edit on the fly, like really quick, rapid editing power. That's really what's most important. And of course, optimization for both and all that kind of stuff. But those are the two realms I I would, I would first ask, are you group A or group B? All right. And then the, the, the related piece was around design. You know, you'd said, you know, the, that the loading speed is going to win even if it's an ugly one. But of course, we, nobody wants an ugly website, right? Or I don't know, maybe they do. But 
<laughs> you know, I, I think just in terms of design, I think, we, you know, we start to move into that branding question of like, how do we figure that piece out? Right. Yeah. So I will say, I'll say, I'll say two things. I've got kind of a split personality on this topic because on one hand, design doesn't matter. But on the other hand, design really matters. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll explain why there's a contradiction there. When somebody is coming and they, they've got a problem and you solve that problem, they don't care what it looks like. To Honest to God, they don't care what it looks like. If you have the solution to their problem, they're in. And, you know, if you can convey that and, and tell them how you solve their problem, they're in. But I will say that if you have competition, if you want to stand out, if you want to be noticed, if you want to step into the ring not looking like a novice, you know, then that's where design does matter. Design does a really good job of saying, I'm established. I'm professional. It, it, there's all kinds of studies of cognitive behavior about choosing high-end products because of great design, spending more money on nail polish because the bottle looks cool. You know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. all yeah. kinds of statistics and science behind that. And certainly, you know, in the audio, uh, in the in the book world, or just, you know, more <laughs> generally in the publishing world, you know, they always say, don't judge a book by its cover, but you know, that's the first thing we do. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, book cover design is is absolutely critical. And whoever said that had a great story and a bad cover. That's what I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're so off base when it came to actually it comes to books. Uh, right. <laughs> but I think, yeah, we're in that same that same scenario. Yeah, it really does matter in that way. Yeah, and and, and now more than ever because. The World Wide Web is such a visual medium, right? If um, because there's such competition, there's such a vast array of stuff, the ones that are designed well stick out. Yeah. 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 And I had another thought on design. Oh, yes. Also, okay, here, here's this other bonus here. Going back to the theme experience or the theme idea that if you're an author, you're just starting out, whatever, that you don't really have an established design or you can't afford a designer, some themes come bundled with really, really great-looking designs already. Like you just install it and click a button and it's a complete designed website for you. Yeah. You change the logo, change the color here and there, change the text, swap some pictures. Cool. Like that. that to me is like, when people come to me and they say, I need a website, but I don't have a big budget. No problem. Yeah. Check this out. We've got spent yeah. no money on design. It looks great. Tell me what to put in the thing in the pictures and the text and blah, blah, blah. We're up yeah. and running in just a few weeks. That's great. And it, and just I could talk with you all day about websites, but or anything <laughs> else for that matter. But <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to try and keep you that long or keep our listeners that long. But one last thing that because it's so important and I, I really learned how important it was from you. And that's about website security. Oh God, you bring up security at the at the end. We got how how many hours do we have in this? No, sorry, I I, <laughs> I just just uh, you know you could if you want you could just like 
share a story or something about uh, uh, okay, well, <laughs> just why it's so important. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. Th- there's a few areas to be conscious of, to be absolutely aware of. The first line of defense, and I guess I'm going back to the WordPress websites here. That's, that's my world, right? Yeah. The first line of defense is your hosting provider. Right. No one, well, I won't say no one, but hackers never go to your website to enter your, to hack your website. Mm-hmm. They're attacking the server and hoping to find a vulnerability in your website, in uh-huh. the underlying code of your website. And here's number two. Yeah. That vulnerability is often an outdated plugin, an outdated theme, something that you've neglected. Right. Outdated WordPress core files, all that kind of stuff. So if you care about security as everyone should. Yeah. The two things, I'll say three things you're looking for is a reliable host. You're going to pay more for it, but they're doing their job. They're proactively scanning the environment. It's a WordPress only hosting means they're not hosting any kind of Joomla website or any kind of malicious code could be on there. That's, that's the thing. With cheap hosting, mm-hmm. anyone is on there. And, and let's just think, let this sink in for a moment. Attackers use software hosted on a server. That software might be your neighbor because mm-hmm. your website is on a server. Right. Now, when you say, I'm going to use, you know, $2 hosting. That's a hosting company that does not prioritize safety, does not prioritize. It's not optimizing anything for you. They're just saying, I'll host anything and everyone as long as they pay me money. Right. Security is minimal, right? So when you move to a a WordPress only managed hosting environment, that means they batten down the hatches. They removed all other technologies. And they can basically close any backdoors and any vulnerabilities that are specific to WordPress. Yeah. And, and so that's first line of defense. Hosting is your first line of defense. If you've got a poor hosting, you have poor defenses. That's number one. Number two, I already touched on, which is basically updates. You've got to update the core files. You've got to update your plugins. You've got to update your themes. It's all got to be going on at the same time. And here's why. WordPress has an entire team dedicated to hacking their own software. (laughs) They do. And it sounds a little weird, right? But here's the thing. If they can hack it before malicious people hack it, then we're protected. Because as Mm -hmm. soon as they hack it, they find a vulnerability. They say, oh my God, we found a vulnerability. They close it up and they release that in an update. So all of us get the benefit of their fine work. And if we don't update, that means our version is vulnerable. Right? Right. So that's so important. And and then on top of that, there are (laughs) the, the... 
number one cause or number one vulnerability in websites, all websites, is the user's password. Mm. That's it. If your password is like password one, two, three, it's not going <laughs> to It's not going to work. Right. Yeah. It takes, it takes, uh, um, I'm going to misquote this, but it's astronomical. The, no matter how complex your password is, if it's not over 12 digits, it can be cracked, I think, within a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that moves from a month to like, two centuries or something when you move from eight characters to 12 characters. Wow. Right? So the the exponential difficulty level Mm -hmm. jumps dramatically. So just a couple of months with eight characters to several centuries with 12 characters. Yeah. Would you excuse me? I got to go change some passwords. Yeah. Actually, I'll do that after we're done. But uh, I cl- <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we could have just talked about website security as an entire episode. Oh, uh, so sorry to bring deep. it in at the last minute. But I, uh, you know, I know that I am safe in this world in terms of my website because I have Jeffrey, his company, providing that hosting. So That's you, right, would you like hands. to let people know how they can find you? Yeah, gosh, where I've got so many, so many ways. <laughs> if you're interested in websites, you can find me at makechico.com. You can also look, I've got this DIY thing. If you just want to kind of do things yourself, there's WP in one click. It's WordPress in one click. And if you've got entire launching needs, my latest endeavor is the launchsquadlab.com. Cool. I got and fingers and pots everywhere. I'll tell you that. I know it's great, though. It's <laughs> great. Uh, you're doing a lot of really great work out there. So appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> we love working with you. So let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up for today. There's clearly so much more that we could talk about, but thank you for sharing all these tips with us uh, about the ways that we things we can look for on our websites and ways that we can be working more effectively in that world. Thank you, Jeffrey. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.